Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Blues, it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer That could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell Putting in my notice And I'll see you at another time This highway Does not know my name And I don't care No To the hook Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Low Budget Live, not so live From the low budget Live Bar and grill, bar and bunker Right now more than ever before Dang Dang, I hope all you low-lifers are doing well out there. This is the podcast for Monday, December 21st, and I know all y'all dudes are in trouble just like I am. I know you ain't got your wives the right thing. I know you ain't got enough things. I know you probably ain't even been shopping yet, and and I talk about this every year on here, but I just... Man, I feel this crazy pressure, crazy pressure at Christmas every year. I, I, I really, I hate it. I hate it. Like, I, I listened to one of my favorite comedians talk about that this week. If you're an adult and you're still asking for stuff for Christmas, shame on you. That's what I feel like. Shame on you. Like, you ought to be able to just get it for yourself or don't ask somebody. Get, get stuff for the kids. Take care of people that need it. I don't know, and I'm just out here struggling, driving the struggle bus. I don't have my wife anything that will even matter, you know, uh, because I feel like, and I'm calling you ladies out, I feel like if it's short of jewelry or a new car or something, when you get to be the age that I am, that it just don't even matter anymore. That just don't even matter. Y'all comment below if I'm right, but I feel this crazy amount of pressure, and man, I don't, I just don't. 
I don't do good with Christmas, man. I don't do good with Christmas. But uh, this is your reminder. This is the last reminder you're going to get from me because uh, by the time you hear LD and the MC on Wednesday, it'll almost be too late. It'll almost be too late. So you better get to Amazon and get to doing whatever. I wish all you men out there, Godspeed. Because I, I the, the ladies that listen to this, I would say, you know, um, good luck to y'all, but y'all always kill it. <laughs> Women are just like, dude, they're just dialed on Christmas. They out here, they're getting your brother something, your nieces, your nephews, your mom and dad. I mean, they do, they just, they got it on lock. They take care of all the kids stuff. And all we got as men is just one damn responsibility. And we, I, I feel like most of us fail more times than not. But I would like to vote that we just don't get each other anything but hugs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whew. Merry Christmas week to y'all! It's always a uh, it's always a fun time, especially with a house full of youngins around here. Except for when I let the triple threat down, which is inevitable every year. We've been at this for a while; it's inevitable. I will do it. I'll get the wrong thing. <sighs> it's coming, but Christmas is a beautiful time. I hope you guys and gals out there, the low lifers, are getting to spend it with your families and. And like I said, we are at the at the low budget live bar and bunker because Tennessee, we just out here, we can't win football games. We we got a terrible situation in Knoxville with some with some football, but uh the Titans are making us look pretty good. But we're setting records. We're setting records, but not the good kind. We got the highest freaking COVID cases in the world right now in my state. In the world. It's a big world, and it's like one out of every hundred Tennesseans right now is like, got the vid, baby, got the vid. Whew. It's crazy, and uh, I'm just out here thinking about, you know, I, I, I personally know a lot of people that have lost some loved ones recently to, to COVID, and damn sure don't want to see my dad get it, and uh, man, it's just, this vaccine's got to get here, and we all got to get to getting shot up with it. Get this stuff out of here, hopefully. Dang, man. But yeah, that, that that news came out this week, Tennessee. And you go, you know, you go anywhere and people are still like, I ain't wearing a mask. You won't make me do it. It's a shame, man. If one little inconvenience might save somebody's life, maybe we all ought to just bring her down a notch. Bring her down a notch with that. These cats around here, man, they they ain't uh they're not buying into that notion, it doesn't look like, but I can tell you, it's uh, it's no fun. The vid, I'll leave it at that. But it is no fun. Take it from your boy. It is no fun. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to come of all this stuff. But uh, I do know that it is going to be a little different Christmas around these parts. I feel like because of it, to say the least. So y'all stay safe out there. Y'all stay safe out there. And uh, and Merry Christmas from Low Budget Live. Want to say a huge, huge thank you to the fine folks at StarTron for kicking ethanol in the teeth and bringing you Low Budget Live and Low Budget Live Not So Live and the Traveling Circus and Luke Duncan Fishing for several years now. A little dab will do you right here, this old blue juice. It'll kick ethanol right in the teeth in your weed eater, in your UTV, in your SUV. How about that, huh? Put it put it in that in your soccer mom ride. Put it right in there. Get ethanol Take it away. Take it away. Put it in your lawnmower right now when you ain't using it as much. If you got some gas left in there, but you don't want, don't want that bad gas ruining 
anything, get you some StarTron, and remember that nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run because of stupid old ethanol. And all you had to do was get you a bottle of this, shake it up, put it in your tank, and it kicks it in the teeth right there. Thank you to the fine folks at StarTron. Also want to say a huge thank you to the folks at Sims Fishing Products for bringing you low-budget live, bringing you great products like the Pro Dry Rain Suit, so many other things, so many other things. They got some really cool flannels. I know y'all see me rocking them flannels. I love me a flannel shirt. I got way too many, but I, I love me a flannel shirt. And uh, they got all kind of layering stuff. Tis the season for that. And I am here to remind all of you low lifers that you get one life. Fish it well. And last, but certainly not least, the fine folks at Express Bass Boats out there in Hot Springs, Arkansas. As you heard last week, Mr. Jason Christie making a big move into that Express Yamaha. And I uh, cannot wait to get my X. 21 Pro here shortly. Things are getting real, folks. Real, real, real. We're going to have that boat very soon. So I want to thank the, uh, the the amazing people at Express Boats for believing in the Traveling Circus and Low Budget Live and uh, letting me be a part of that family. So thanks to them and thanks to y'all. As always, thanks to y'all. None of this would be possible without the amazing listeners and viewers of LBL. All right, let's jump on in. Let's jump on into some fishing. Did a did a dang music podcast on Friday and uh, snuck that in there on you. And I think some of y'all missed the memo. So make sure to go back and watch that with my friends Town, the band Town. They did a live performance or two on here. It's really cool. Uh, I've been knowing those folks for a long time. But uh, but today today we're gonna get into this fishing. And finally, we're gonna start it off. Finally, with the NPFL. Been saying comments, when are you going to talk about NPFL, Luke? When are you going to talk about it? National Professional Fishing League, you, you, you're you going to be a part of it. When are you going to talk about it? Well, my stance has been I'm going to talk about it when we get a daggum schedule. And you know what? We got a daggum schedule now. And I don't know if you fine lowlifers saw that this week, but we announced our schedule this past Monday, and man, I, I could not be more excited. I think the schedule is really good. I think given the time that we're in, given their position of being a first-time league, we're going to some great places at some great times, and I think that, and we're going to some new places. Of course, I've talked schedules to death on here, but you see a lot of people, you know, throw out there that they get tired of seeing the same lakes at the same times, and so we're really breaking that mold. You know, we're, we're kicking off down at Lake Eufaula and Eufaula, Alabama in the middle of March there. Should be a slug fest. Then we go to Wright-Patman Lake outside of Texarkana, Texas. And to my knowledge, no pro trails ever been there. Super excited about that one all the way around. I think it's going um, to be a really cool event. Some really good potential. I know we got some locals in the field, um, local Texas guys that that could show up and show out there. Then we go down to the Harris Chain in Florida, which is you know a typical tournament venue for professional uh, that that level. But we're going last week of May, first week of June, and I think that one is going to rock 
some people's worlds as far as what they think that that event will be. I think it'll be just big weights, a lot of big fish weighed in, and uh, some surprising techniques maybe even because th- those lakes are different. You know, they they fish a little different than uh, a lot of those Florida lakes. They're not necessarily shallow bowls. They've got some depth to them. They got some deeper grass in places. A lot of matted vegetation. But then you got some, you know, some weird things with the channels and different things. So I, I, I don't know. I think that one's going to be really cool. Then we go to Pickwick, and I'm super proud of my home state. Um, I've got one reason to be proud of them this week. Not that we're uh, leading the COVID charge, but uh, that we, uh, you know, counts Tennessee, Pickwick landing state park they jumped out there and we're going there we're going to pickwick but we're going out of the tennessee end and july very exciting of course the bassmaster elite series guys will be there in june but we're going to be there in july it'll look a little bit different because of the vegetation in the lake i feel like then and you'll still have some ledge stuff but be lots of things at play in july i think that'll be a really really cool event so the first four really you know there's some unknowns in there but Really cool, and then we go to Lake Winnebago, which the only professional event to be up there, to my knowledge, is is BPT in year one. They didn't have a great event, but they still had the one-pound minimum at that point, so it's really hard to judge it. Been getting a lot of messages that it's it's a killer fishery. We'll see how that one shakes out. I have no idea. I don't know anything about that lake. And then we're gonna end the year at Grand Lake, first week of October, Grove, Oklahoma, and that one's going to be a tough one, man. Everybody knows that all lakes in the south uh, or Midwest are really, you know, they're stingy that time of year, that fall transition time of year. But it's going to be a great place to, you know, decide the first ever NPFL Angler of the Year. And it'll be, uh, it, it, it's going to be really cool, man. I, I think that, uh, you know, this thing is becoming more, more and more, you know, legitimate and real every single day to me because you know we have a lot of planning and a lot of talks and i and i have said numerous times like until there's a schedule set in stone schedule with contracts in place with cities you know it doesn't it it still doesn't feel real we can talk it to death and meetings and different things but uh, man we, we're really we're, we're moving into the stages of planning uh even more things and and so it looks like we're going to try to broadcast these from the events so make plans for anywhere around any of those cities. Go look at the schedule. It's on the MPFL uh, social. It's on my social. Uh, make sure you're following those guys, National Professional Fishing League, the National Professional Fishing League. But uh, going to be at every event. And 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 if, you know, 2021 will chill out a little bit compared to 2020, I got a lot of plans at these events for some lives and some different things, Okay. So stay tuned, low lifers. But I, I think that the inaugural year of the NPFL is going to be a lot of dang fun, man. And uh, we got a lot of great anglers, and I'm getting to know a lot of the anglers that I don't know, and I'm looking forward to getting to know everybody really well in 2021 and sharing everybody's story uh, through that live coverage. Got to text our guest real quick. Really excited about our guest today. So I think that, uh, you know, overall, I think the schedules, like I said, is strong. Um, you know, you've got the, the, to me, the gaping hole in the schedule was 
having like a big smallmouth fest kind of tournament. But man, those northern states, as I've as I've addressed before, because of the elite series and different things, uh, with their schedule, they're just not all in. I feel like on having guys from all over the country there. I, I, that's just my overall opinion. You know, I think the elites do have a couple, but um, hopefully in twenty twenty two. The league will end up uh, somewhere like that because I, I love those big smallmouth events, and it gives me an excuse to be in smallmouth country <laughs> at great times, and I will never complain about that. You know, uh, MPFL was not the only schedule that came out this week. We saw the Bassmaster Open schedule drop, as the kids say, and looks good overall. I think it. I think it looks really good. They went back to their former former format, which. I like it. Uh, they went three divisions with three tournaments each. They brought back that northern division. And, you know, the guys that they're going to do the same points deal they did last year where the people that fish them all get, you know, kind of uh, there's a points championship out of that, the Falcon Rods Angler of the Year thing from last year. But uh, you have an extra event, though. you got to fish nine. It's a lot of dang tournaments. But if you're trying to make the Elite Series – you're going to have to fish a lot of tournaments anyway. So there's a lot of sacrifice. I think they got three around the April time frame combined from different divisions. Man, it's it's going to be crazy. But uh, I can tell you your boy here is looking pretty hard at that central division because they're coming down to Pickwick and Smith Lake and uh, going to end up on Grand Lake. And I happen to like all those places, and I got a little itch. Got a little itch, and I think that will uh, – Definitely work out with my MPFL schedule. And so, might see me out there slinging. Might see an old express running up and down those lakes a little bit and those Bassmaster Opens. I, I miss seeing everybody. And 2020 has sucked because of that. I haven't got to see any of my fishing family really since the classic. And so, um, definitely keeping an eye on that. Definitely keeping an eye on that. But I thought the schedule was good. I see a lot of complaints, but there's no West Coast because nobody's – I mean, I feel like the participation always sucks when they go West. FLW's tried it. Like, the numbers are not – I don't know, man. I'd love to see it personally. I, You know, I, I think that it's uh, – if 150 to 200 guys out West would show up, they dang sure would have it, you know. I see a lot of – you know, I saw that about the MPFL. You know, inaugural year – in this COVID year, they ain't coming out west, man. They're not coming out there. You can't ask 125 dudes to in there. And I know we got some West Coast anglers may upset some of them, but you can't ask the majority of your base, which is you know East Coast, Southeast, uh, Midwest anglers, to go out west in in year one. Now, will they go out west at some point? I think so. Yeah, I think so. But you know, to think they would in year one because I've seen those comments. Man, it's just amazing fisheries, but logistically, it's a freaking nightmare. It's a freaking nightmare. So I think uh, everything's out now, pretty much. So you got some decisions to make out there, all you anglers. Are you going to fish the Toyotas? Are you going to fish the Opens? Are you already signed up for the MPFLs? There's just a couple spots left. Are you, you know, what's your goal? Are you going to make the Elite Series? A lot of guys, you know, the Elite Series list is finalized now. A lot of guys that didn't get in. I think there's some that still want in, of course. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what people do in 2021, you know. Uh, I talked to a good friend of mine this week that fished all the Opens this year that 
acted like he might not fish the opens next year. I'm going to do something else. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's uh, certainly, certainly interesting times, and we've never had, you know, you've got a lot of options, you know. We've never had this in pro fishing, I feel like, especially with the addition of the league throwing in there and big money, uh, high entry fees, but great payout and live coverage you know it gives people another option you know if you don't like what's going on at one place you can definitely go check out another so and from the looks of the open schedule now you if you fished all of the opens it would be cramped but you could fish all the opens and the npfl as well and i mean you probably wouldn't have a wife when you got home and maybe not a job but (laughs) but but it's a lot of dang fishing but it can definitely be done looks like to me all right so my guest today is a guy you you uh you're starting to hear his name a lot i feel like i am i feel like he's really burst onto the professional fishing scene and i know he's been at it for a long time and he's been fishing competitively for a very long time but he is a classic qualifier from his win at the bass nation championship down on pickwick lake he of course won that event he won the uh or excuse me he double qualified by winning that he qualified for the Bassmaster Elite Series and then double qualified through the Eastern Opens not a cakewalk not a cakewalk so he double qualified there which is amazing and he is having one heck of a year he won the uh, Northern Regional for the Bass Nation to get down to Pickwick his name is Pat Schlapper and I'm saying it wrong but we're going to get it from him and I'm excited to talk to him today. Yo. What's up, Pat? Not much. Not much. So so you texted me earlier that you're feeling a little under the weather. Has that, that gotten was? better or worse since the, the last text? <laughs> well, it's gotten a little better. I've just been kind of relaxing. My wife's been taking care of me. I've been drinking a lot of Gatorade, kind okay. of laying around. I haven't I haven't had a lot of time to relax. This pretty much the last. So yeah, you, um, you've been on the roll a little bit. <laughs> you've been uh, just been on the roll a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a lot. Yes, you have. I, I noticed. So you you just got back from Texas, out there scouting around for the classic. Yep, I was down there for, I think I was on the water for five days, but I had one day where I was doing some film work for one of my sponsors, so really, you know, four days on the water, trying to get around the lake a little bit. Okay, what did you think overall? Is it, I, I hear it's treacherous as far as the standing timber and things. You know, it is. There is a lot of timber on parts of the lake. And that's one of the reasons I went down there, try to learn how to navigate that. But honestly, I think I'm just going to give her, just drive through it. I mean, <laughs> as much idling as I did, I only laid down a couple tracks where I feel like, you know, I'm comfortable. But it's just, I was staying with Matt Robertson. He was down there with me, too. And he said the same thing. He's like, dude, I think you just got to go. You just got to <laughs> give her. Just so I think it. I'm going to do that. Yeah, I mean... We'll see when I get down there, you know, the official practice days, I'll kind of gauge what the water level is and do a little more digging into it. But um, I mainly just wanted to try to get around as much of the lake as possible and see how it's set up and make some predictions where, 
you know, possibly in March it could go down, but yeah. we'll see, I guess. Well, I, I think that uh, I have a theory and a lot of other, uh, you know, former pro anglers and pro anglers, current pro anglers have this thought process too. If I can't see it, I can't hit it. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, I'm pretty, you know, I'm used to, I run the Mississippi River all yes. the time. So I kind of, and I've spent a lot of time like on Falcon Lake. I spent a ton of time on Falcon Lake where it's not so much timber there as it is just bushes with yeah. some bigger stuff mixed in. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I spent a lot of time looking for stuff outside the timber also. Okay. So, um, it's just going to depend on how the spring sets up. If, if it's something where they are up on the bank or if I can stay out, you know, deeper, which is what I would prefer to do. Um, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I don't know. It was more of a, I didn't, we didn't catch a ton of fish. We caught some, caught some nice ones, but it was more about just getting around the lake and trying to, trying to learn a little bit about, you know, where I think some stuff might happen. So, so let me ask you this in the, because I, I get these questions a lot about pre-fishing and the importance of pre-fishing. Uh, is there anything in the back of your mind right now, a worry at all that what if they move the dates of the classic? Cause I mean, that's kind of some of the rumor out there that potentially with this COVID deal, depending on what happens, they do have a backup date. I mean, does your, your pre-fishing, I mean, obviously you're getting to know the lake better and it's not like you're trying to nail down a pattern right now for March, but do you have some concern that that could change the overall complexion of the event? No, dude, I don't worry about that stuff because I can't control it. I mean, whatever, if they change it, this whole year was like that. <laughs> That's a fact. I just don't, What you know, I can't, I can't do anything about that. If they move it, then they move it. And, you know, the way I look at it is if, even if they move it till the fall or wherever it's going to be, I don't even know when the makeup date is. Um, at least I was out there and I got around the lake and, and I can make some predictions for that time of the year too. I mean, That's it's right. just one of them deals. I can't, I think this whole year that, that whole mindset with a lot of people messed with them when they changed all them dates for the opens and it was more to the fall and i i think so many people worried about what they were supposed to do when the other tournaments were going to happen it's like it don't matter man you just got to go figure out what you can figure out when the tournament is it's just you can't worry about that stuff I, I would agree with that that i think that it changed the overall complexion of who did well i i really do because there's some guys i follow that i that i know really well that are great fishermen, they don't fish in the fall. They don't uh -huh. fish in the fall. And it really, it, it it seemed like they were uncomfortable and out of their element. And, and great fishermen are great fishermen, but I, there were some guys that struggled way more in those fall events than I, than I really figured would struggle. Um, and you could see it's like a constant complaining on social media a little bit about fall events and how tough they are and blah, 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 blah. And I, I love fall fishing I, I love this has been my favorite is as crazy as this is to say in 2020 it's been one of my favorite years of bass fishing and and keeping up with professional fishing in that the elites fished in the fall for the first time in forever and the events were tough and i love that and then having all these opens man it was and and with the so much on the line it was really cool to keep up with uh, so you double qualified for the elite series 
by winning the nation championship down here in uh, at Florence, Alabama, which is just right down the dang street from me, and a uh, place where I cut my teeth and went to the school down at the University of North Alabama. So I'm proud that uh, that awesome lake plays a part in your story, man. And, uh, and seeing you pull out that big bag of smallies the last day was really impressive. Uh, I know a lot of locals were like, dang, man, that was, a, that was a great stringer, as tough as the fishing had been. Yeah, I had uh, – it was pretty cool because – you know, I know a lot of these big name guys fishing in the opens. You know, I know who they are. They don't know who I am because I'm just a peon. But it was pretty cool. The last, you know, on Lay Lake after the first day, Justin Atkins came up to me and he's like, "Man, I got to give it to you. That was crazy what you did." And that was <laughs> I can't yeah. believe that bag of fish. I fished. You know, I live there right. to pull those. You know, and then he he started digging a little bit about what was going on. I, you know, I didn't give him a whole lot, but. It was just kind of cool to, to 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 see that and hear have someone like that come up to me and and kind of know who I was at least after that tournament. So yeah, it was um, cool reading about your adjustment the last day because I you know obviously when you fish a lake as as much as I fish Pickwick and grew up on it and cut my teeth on it, um, it was cool seeing. I, I like seeing the pictures from every day at the way. And I was actually looking back at that today. You know, you got largemouth, you got some spots thrown in there, and then the last day you catch this just bruiser bag of smallies and i wanted to ask you this from from just and this is just me being nosy did you have to change areas a lot in that event or were all those fish because i mean i know that time of year all those fish live in very similar areas at times were you catching all those fish close to each other or were you pretty spread out no, I was fishing pretty much from the dam down to the Natchez Trace okay. Bridge. So pretty big, um, pretty big section. Pretty of the lake. big yeah. area, but I, you know, honestly, I banked on smallmouth. I mean, I went down there pre-practice, and I didn't spend a second in the grass at all. I just wanted to 100% avoid that because I figured it was going to change in that month's time. You know, I, I love grass fishing, but I just didn't want to get caught up in that. I spent all my time looking for smallmouth and current, trying to predict where they might migrate to that time of year, doing the research I had done, and just understanding what smallmouth do on river systems in the spring and the fall. And the the largemouth that I ended up catching in that tournament I found those fish, honestly, the last half day of practice. I didn't spend any time looking for them. I spent all my time looking for smallmouth and current, and I found them. But that largemouth, I mean, I found one one of those barge tie-up pillar things that had some, <laughs> which in practice, they had, I caught one, the last day, I caught one nice spotted bass on it. Well, the first day of tournament, I ended up catching two really good largemouth and another keeper largemouth. And then I found one area in the last 20 minutes of practice where I caught a couple keepers. And that's where I ended up going into the second day and getting on them pretty good. I mean, that kind of salvaged my second day. I had a decent bag, but I went in there and called, you know, three times. And that was my game plan that last day was to go run a couple smallmouth spots I had and kind of kind of push it a little bit more on them smallmouth because the first two days I was only catching them for about the first hour and mm-hmm. then I couldn't catch them anymore. Yeah. So the, the last day I was like, I'm going to go try to catch some smallmouth till 10 o'clock. I don't care. That's if I'm going to blow it out of the water, that's how I'm going to do it. But then I was going to go into that one area and just fish around like I had been the second day. Cause I knew there was really good ones in there. Um, and I was the second day I just was driving around fishing, 
and that's how I caught them. So I spent honestly, you know, probably five hours fishing largemouth the whole time of practice. <laughs> so I got fairly fortunate to find them, but also once again, just going back on my experience fishing the Mississippi River in the fall, I you know I kind of know the areas, similar areas where they should be going, and that's basically what I did is just look for that that half day, and I found some of them. So that's awesome. It saved man. me. I always like hearing guys compare where they're from to you know where they're having to compete because was that I'm, I'm guessing you said you pre-fished so that was probably your first couple times at pickwick oh yeah yeah i'd never been there i mean i had watched a lot of different events down there i had a couple buddies who had fished down there before but different times of the year and and i you know it's just you, you kind of i just felt like for me if I was going to win that tournament, it was going to be with smallmouth and it was going to be finding something that those other people were going to overlook or just, I, I mean, I have so much experience fishing current because of what, I mean, I live an hour from some of the best stretches of the Mississippi and I fish with some of the best people that know how to fish current. You know, one of them is your biggest fan, Matt Larson. He, he's just crazy good at fishing current. And I've, fortunate enough to fish some tournaments with him over the years and he's taught me so much about smallmouth migration and how they position in current that i just felt like man if i can unlock that that those a lot of those other guys not that the other guys aren't good fishermen but i just felt like if i could leverage my knowledge of that that i could potentially win that tournament that's um, awesome. And that's that's why I spent so much time doing it. It ended up it ended up paying off, um, obviously. But uh the first couple days it I mean I had to go fish other ways, but I still started each day with you know, three or four good ones in the box off my smallmouth stuff. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, it's uh I think current for a lot of people it's very intimidating i mean hell it's still intimidating for me man i've lived here my whole life and it's constantly changing it's where i feel the most comfortable you know is fishing and current but it's it's certainly uh it's certainly a different experience than than what you face a lot of places oh yeah yeah. because it's it's like you know people oh i was fishing current they think i'm fishing some lazy meandering little no sir no man i'm on i'm on a hundred with an all day 112 with battleborn batteries i mean and i'm barely maintaining Mm -hmm. you're still drifting back you know and to try to get a bait to go to where you need it to go to to get bit it's not it's just it's hard even i mean that's why i didn't find that you know that that the group that i ended up catching all them giants out of i was 75 yards away from them <laughs> all the practice and the tournament and i just missed it because that current was so mm-hmm. fierce that i just it wasn't an obvious you know there's a point there were behind it or there's a you know it was just not like that yeah so um and then you know when i did end up catching that last day I'm like how many other spots <laughs> did i miss in all them days of practice it's just that's the hard part about current is there's is. so many more variables you know and it's it's a lot like fishing grass in that sense where there's plenty of places to hide and if you're off by 50 yards you can miss the 
biggest school in the lake. Oh, you, you'd be out by five feet. That's right. Not, that's you know. right. And and so I think it's uh, yeah. I was as I was reading about you know how you adjusted and everything, man. I, I thought that was really cool, especially being from here. But uh, we'll we'll talk about how because I, I read a post that you made and and you said and you used the term haters, which I love, and uh-huh. and you said you were really proud to double qualify because it kind of silenced people that thought you got lucky. Because you can get technically, which I, I hate when people say this, you can get lucky and win one event. I think we can all mm-hmm. say that. You can get lucky. Yep. I think it's harder in a multi-day event, especially against the competition that you face in the in the nation championship uh, or an open or whatever. Any Because multi-day events definitely separate the men from the boys, in my opinion. Uh, as far as getting lucky is concerned, but elaborate on that for me. Uh, you know why that was so important to you to make it in the points, and also through the nation championship. Well, uh, you know, I had kind of I was doing well in the opens, for, you know, all the way, you know, all of them I did pretty well in, and so I was kind of concentrating on that. I didn't put a lot of emphasis on that nation championship because I was so concentrated on, you know, doing good in the opens, making it that way. And then one of my buddies kind of told me, he's like, dude, you got to go worry about that one because there's a lot on the line and you only got to <laughs> beat 50 people. And I'd worked so hard to get there. That's something a lot of people that's understand right, about right. the nation. You don't just show up and fish the tournament. You got to beat everybody in your state. You, you got to get on the state team, beat everybody in your state at regionals to get to nationals. Then nationals, you got to win the tournament. You can't just show up, hang out, get a top 10, and and you're going to That's the elite. Right. So you got to win one person out of the entire nation, which is, I don't know how many thousands of people it's try to do it. a lot of people, it. man. It's, it's, a, yep. it's such a hard route to go, and I don't think it gets the respect it deserves. It, do, it doesn't. <laughs> and, I, and honestly, I didn't give it the respect because I was doing so well in the opens. Um, that I just kind of didn't blow it off. But, you know, after my buddy Josh Miller told me that, he's like, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go pre-practice. And I went down there and did that. And then, yeah, whatever happened, happened. I won. And then I, I'm driving back. And one of my buddies who I'm, you know, good friends with him, he's fishing the FLW tour. He has for years. And he's like, yeah, that's really cool. That's kind of the easy way to do it. And you might not get nah. back from some of the veteran people because you got there that way. People might kind of, look down on you or or like uh bully you about that which you know you don't know me at all but i don't do well with bullying situations <laughs> me either. at all me either. things get handled one way or the other <laughs> and uh so i was like i was i was kind of pissed i'm like and he told me he's like i'm honestly just kind of jealous because i'm kind of in a rut right now and i should be doing something different blah 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 and so but he was like kind of down talking it like yeah kind of taking a shot kind of taking a shot all jacked up and i'm like listen man i'm in third in the opens too yeah and you know what i mean like i freaking gotta i mean a lay lake if i go down there and catch five fish a day i'm gonna make it that way too yeah and you know and he's like well yeah it might be smart to do that because people might respect (laughs) you more and i'm just like yeah so i'm like you know what i'm gonna go do it just because a, I want to, I want to double qualify. B, I want to get more experience on every lake I can go to. C, it's like I don't. That's all I do. I don't work anymore. All I do is fish. So it's like I might as well go down there and fish and try to win a little money and have fun. 
So I did and double qualified. And now, honestly, the whole double qualification thing hasn't been like it never got mentioned at that tournament when they announced who made it. It never got mentioned in some of the bass articles, which kind of was frustrating to me because I, you know, I wanted it. That's to an be accomplishment, known. man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I want it to be known like that I made it both ways and made it pretty handily in the opens too. I mean, I, you know, I got two twenty thirds and two fifteenths. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, not it, easy. it's not like not great, easy. but but good. I caught a limit in every tournament that I fished this year, every day. That's incredible. Whether it was up here or wherever. So it's like, yeah, I, I, you know, and plus just my story of walking away from a 16 year career at 38 years old to go chase the dream of, you know, fishing the elites. It's like, you know, I'm freaking proud of making it in the nation. I'm proud of making it in the opens. And I just, I don't know. Yeah. It's a big deal to me. So, talk about that career. What what did you do before, and when is that? You know, when did you feel? I mean, obviously it's this year, and it's all working out for you. But when did you think, and what made you think? Okay, the time is right. This is if I'm going to do this, this is this is when I'm going to do it. Well, and this has come up in a lot of the other interviews and podcasts that I've done, and and I there are other fishing podcasts out there Pat I didn't there's know that. there's yeah I think there's <laughs> one other one yeah um so so it, you know I have a great relationship with the company at Shields All Sports you know out in your neck of the woods they're not out there we're primarily midwest out yeah. west we yeah, I know 28, yeah 28 30 stores employee owned great company they're my title sponsor still um I had worked there since I graduated in college, from college in 2006, running the fishing shop, buying, selling tackle. Um, yeah, I had done that forever. And I always wanted to fish, you know, fish. That's what I want to do is fish the elites. And I was planning on doing it by the time I was 30. And I got sucked into the corporate machine of like everybody tells you mm-hmm. to do, get a job, make a mm-hmm. bunch of money, retire, you know, plan for when you're 60 years old. And I did that and I kind of lost that focus and, you know, dream of doing it because it's like I've got a lot of time in. I'm making decent money. My retirement's looking good. If I can make it another 10 years, I'll, I'll be fine forever and I can do whatever I want. That's what I had accepted that fact. Well, then I start seeing people like Fighter. You know, Matt Stephan, Josh Douglas, Austin Felix, uh, Chris Grow, all these people that I fished against growing up and done pretty well against them, they're all doing it. And I'm just like, God, I want to do it. And I was starting, it was starting to eat at me to the point where it was, something had to change. And, and I was sat down, and this has come up in other ones too, and I, I, I sat down for a pay review at work and this was a year and a half, two years ago and it didn't go very well. And I walked out of that room and I was like super frustrated with the whole situation. And I called my dad and I was like, Hey, I'm going to quit my job and try to go after the elites. What do you think? He said, yeah, do it. You're going to regret it. If you don't do it, now's a good time. And I think you can do it. So I was like, all right. And then I came home and I talked to my wife, who was my fiance at the time. She said, yeah, I think you should do it if it's going to make you happy. 
that's what it all boiled down to me, you know, for me was I need to start to live in my, start living my life with some more happiness, regardless of money and all that stuff. That was the priority for me. So when she said to go do it, that was when I decided to pull the trigger and I started to plan and figure out an exit strategy, get set financially, get everything in order. And then this spring, come pay review time, you know, instead of talking about that, it was, you know, it was me telling them I was done. Wow. So that so, so this spring is when that, that comes to an yep. end. Yep. And, and, and like I said, I have a great relationship with them and... And I was real, that conversation really ate me up for a long time. I was so frustrated with it because I worked so hard for the company and done a lot for them. They've done a lot for me. And, and, I, and now I look at it differently because for 16 years, I let greed motivate the decisions in the way that I lived my life. And that's what that conversation was about. And, I didn't want to do that anymore. So I was always mad about that conversation, took it really personally. But now I'm so happy that it happened because that was the last push I needed to make the move into going full in, chasing the dream. And honestly, that's think why I fished so well this year is I didn't have any of that on my mind. I wasn't going to these events thinking, well, when I get back, I got to go to work and I'm going to be behind on things. It's like, no, I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to fish it. When I'm done, I'm going to go home for a little bit and then I'm going to go to the next one. That's, that's why I think I fished so well is I just didn't have any of that on my mind. All I was worrying about was being happy, keeping my wife happy and fishing well enough to make, make it to the elites. It's incredible, man. Oh, I love stories like that. And, and you know, I, I heard you say you're rooming with Matt. There, there's a lot to be said for, and that's, that's Matt's deal in life, you know? That's he's just why we happy, click. Man. Yeah, man. He just, I mean, and, he's, and, and you're from polar opposite worlds, you know, yeah. regionally, right? Like where you're yeah. from, but we're all bonded by the same love and passion for pro fishing and bass fishing in general. And, and uh, I love that you said that you were staying with Matt out in Texas because his story is very similar to that, man. Just, it's just, it is. It's, it's just be happy, do what you want to do. And, you know, and I think that, uh, and you said you're 38. Yep. So, 38. so I, I'm 37. We're right there. Same age. And I feel like, you know, a lot of folks that are older than us and, and probably most folks our age are very consumed with that, typical career and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that right there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong no. with it but it is that very atypical it's how that we were you know most of us were raised but it seems like the younger generations coming up behind us now are really starting to grasp happiness more than just a nine to five they want experiences more than just sitting in a cubicle if that makes sense and you're starting to see that more and more and more and Man, it's hard for me, and and we may get a lot of flack from this in the comments, but it's hard for me to look at my kids and go, yeah, you got to go to college and then just get a normal gig. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I'm yeah. a dreamer. I'm still a dreamer. I'll always be a dreamer. I'm always going to be chasing this this crazy thing, whatever that means, right? Whether it's a podcast yeah. or out on tour or live commentary for the MPFL, whatever this, you know, making a living in the fishing industry has been my dream since I was a kid, and I get to live it out every week. Um, but 
it's not over. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not satisfied, and and I always want to want to keep going. So man, I I have a uh, I have uh, just a ton of respect for you because dude, it takes it, it takes a lot of freaking guts to just especially at 38 years old to go. You know what? Here we go. We're pulling the plug on what we know and and jumping full on into my childhood dream. And dude, you you freaking did it. How many people can say they they do that? And you know, for every you, I know there's a lot of, of stories of, of failure or maybe it didn't happen that quick. Cause just look at the opens this year, how competitive they were. And dude, you freaking double qualified and you're going to the damn Bassmaster Classic, man. How I mean, how does you feel right now? It's gotta be amazing. It is amazing. I mean, I feel great about doing, you know, and obviously making the classic was a bonus. That really wasn't even on my radar. I mean, it, it, it was great to make it. Um, but yeah, I feel good. Like I, everything's kind of working. And the crazy thing is I haven't felt any pressure or stress. I've had zero stress this year. And I, that's weird to say that because I had lived a stressful life before. I was stressed every day and I haven't had any, like I just go down to these tournaments and do what I do, you know, outwork a lot of people, figure what I can figure out, not worry about what other people are doing. And I, you know, it worked out and I feel great. I haven't honestly had a lot of time for it all to set in because it's just been go, go, go all year. And like right now, and I'm, I'm sitting at home. I'm planning my pre-practice trips to the St. John's and um, Fort Loudon. Like I'll be home for a few weeks, and I'm driving to Florida again. So it's it's it feels good, but I got, I still have a ton of work to do to keep keep the momentum going. So so let me ask you this, and this is something I was talking about with Jason Christie last week. Who, by the way, you're going to be fishing against. Just, just yeah, that's so you know. awesome. <laughs> again, you fished against him all year. I was gonna say you fished against him all year. You get to do it again on the Elite Series. Uh, him and Hackney and and all these all these just stone cold killers, man. I I, I can't wait to see all y'all mix it up. I think I think the incoming rookie crowd um, this year uh, is one of the best we've seen in in a very long time. Uh, and then of course getting some of those guys back from BPT, it's going to be it's going to be something to watch. But with this very short turnaround, you know you you officially made the Elite Series, obviously at the Nation Championship in November, but now it's officially official with this double qualification yep. after Lay Lake. But it's a very short turnaround until that St. John's River tournament. For you as a rookie, yep. I know you, you you spoke about your title sponsor. Have you been able to add financial help for next year? Are you working on that right now? Is it too short of a turnaround? You know, I know how budgets work with a lot of these companies. Some of these yeah. folks are making decisions in October and November, and, you know, uh, and then with COVID, a lot of weird stuff's going on. How, how has that been for you, Pat? You know, I'm really fortunate that I have so many people that have helped me. You know, I never asked any of these companies for anything that are helping me out. They are helping me out because they know who I am, whether it was from what I did for work or personally. Um, and honestly, I've been pretty smart for several years where I've, I'll be fine for quite a while, but I've got some great companies on board where, and a lot of it, a lot of them aren't necessarily related to the fishing industry, but Wolf Ridge Manufacturing was my title sponsor last year. 
<clears throat> he makes high-end commercial wood splitters, started in his garage building one machine. Now he's got a multi-million-dollar-a-year company. <laughs> awesome. And he's helping me out. Uh, Bauer Built Tire, Max Built Off-Road, Legends Marketing. I've got, you know, Big Bite and Sunline I've been with forever. So, yeah, I've put together a pretty good string of Heck yeah, man. companies and Skeeter Boats that that are helping me out. Now, it's not like you know, I'm making some crazy salary off these people, but it's going to help me pay a lot of the way, which is huge for me. And like you said, being so late in the year, it's not like it's easy to go out and, and, uh, find somewhere that has a lot of marketing budget left. (laughs) That's a fact. So uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate there where I've just, got some great friends that have companies and and i've just have some good relationships i've maintained over the years of fishing and working where they're jacked for me man they're, they think you know up in our area there's just not a lot of people that take that chance to do it and if they do of those people that take the chance to do it there's just not very many that make it so these people i mean i don't even know how many people are going to the classic that that's cool man yeah it's crazy that's very all these cool. people we're going we're going we're going so i have tons of support you know financially and just you know support fan support it's 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 awesome that's awesome man and y'all you guys that are listening to this make sure you're following pat on instagram facebook all the uh usual suspects there because i have a feeling that 2021 is going to be very interesting uh, he's going to be in the mix at a lot of events. You hear him talk about river fishing. You know, you guys are going to a lot of rivers. <laughs> I don't know if you've looked at that schedule or not, buddy, but uh, it's a lot of rivers, a lot of current, yeah. a lot of different things on there. I think you're going to you're going to feel right at home. I got to ask you this, and I feel like a jerk for asking it, but how in the hell do you say your last name? Because I don't want to butcher it anymore. Mercer yeah, and I have had a great time yeah. with it, but I know. <laughs> You said, I know, and you said you don't like to be bullied, and I swear to God, we weren't bullying. <laughs> no, I get it. Everybody says schlapper, but it's schlopper. Schlopper. Okay. Yep, schlopper. Yep, All right. I'm going to get the MC. I've accepted schlapper, too, because everybody says that, but schlopper is the way to say well, it. Well, you, you know how Mercer is, man, and I feel like he was really excited about getting to say bass, the Pat the Bass Schlapper every time he came on stage. So you may yeah, have to give him fine. some some yeah, leeway there. <laughs> he can do it. I've Everybody, you know, I still think Chris Bowes, every time I come across the stage, holds the mic down and says, how do you say your last I'm name? I'm sure. Like he does that every time. I'm sure but, he does it, but yeah. <clears throat> hopefully by the end of the year, people know how that's to That's right, that gummit. That's what you got to hope, man. Uh, that's that's funny, man. I had to uh, I had to ask, and I actually had I had a couple people comment. They're like, "You're saying it wrong." I'm like, "I'm I, listen. I am a redneck from Southern Middle Tennessee. I will assure you, I'm going to say a lot of words wrong." <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's 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 part of my life. Oh, uh, mate. Well, I, you know, I my my last name is obviously spelled D U N K I N, but my entire life that has been butchered. Uh, in a million different ways it's never said wrong really but uh it has been spelled wrong many 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 times in my life so i I gotta ask you i had and you can tell me hey man i don't want to talk about that or i do this is the last thing and i'll let you uh i'll let you get back to getting ready for christmas and uh taking it easy but uh someone sent me a comment you made on a post and they said that you saw 
uh, some shenanigans go on during the opens that was frustrating uh, yeah. for you. Do you want to get into that or no? You know, I do because I need okay. to clear it up too. Okay. Because All right. Because, and, and to I, set this up, you're busting your ass, legitimately qualifying for the Elite Series. I feel like there are a lot of people that want free passes because of things they've done in the past. There are a lot of people that, uh, you know, think it should be easier than it is, and I am not one of those people. I think it should be oh, hard. Me neither, and that's why we need – I wanted to talk about that okay. because – Let's do I've it. been, <clears throat> you know, before we get to the situation that I thought I saw, uh, you know, I've been listening to all these other podcasts and diff- different things, and there are all these people talking about all these guys that should be able to just go back to the elite yeah, yeah, yeah. and fish without qualifying, and they've got their credential or whatever to say that they should, and like, no, that's crap. I don't care who you are what you've done 20 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, you should have to go prove yourself at the level that I did. And these other guys, Josh Strasner, absolutely dominated. Yes. You should have to go do that. I don't care. I mean, look at all the guys who tried to do it this year that were big name guys and got stomped. That's right. Cash one check and eight events. And now you think you just get a free pass to the elite. And I'm not saying those people are saying they should, there's just a lot of other people saying that for, for those sure. People Mer- should. Mercer and I did an entire podcast about this. Who should qualify for the elites? And it was overwhelming. People are like, "Oh, you got to let so and so in because he's got a big YouTube following." Well, shit. If we go by that, you could let a lot of YouTubers in that have never even yeah, fished a bass tournament. Like that's not exactly. a fair qualification for the Bassmaster Elite Series it's or not. any other and, pro trail, in my opinion. And, and and there, I think you have a lot of those YouTube anglers, and there's you know obviously people that made it this year. One in particular who's a big YouTube guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Decent fisherman. But it's like, well, what about the guy who like a Josh Strasen? I keep bringing him up because he freaking dominated. It's like, and, he, and he's he called him for years, me. dude, but I know yeah. it because I'm down here close to Alabama. Obviously I've competed against Josh, but that dude is an, is an amazing angler. I know that. And it's just like, why should they, I think these people that are truly into tournament fishing, not just, you know, watching a guy go do whatever he's doing on YouTube. I think the guys and these kids who are fo- truly following along in the bass world, they want to see these guys, these sleepers who have been fishing and doing well. You know, they they want to see them guys earn their way to 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 the highest level. I mean, that, that's what pe- that's what I feel like people want. That's what I want. I'm the biggest bass fish. I mean, I know so many obscure things about some of these people fishing, and it's like that's what I I want to see. You know, I mean, when you have some of these guys who left and want to come back or whatever and they did good before but then they go fish all these opens and they don't cash a check or they're not even, they're they're not that's not right it's just not fair to us guys that worked hard to do it and did it well and it to me it it devalues the opens it but, 100% devalues because the if you're pl- placing that elite series carrot qualification carrot on those opens and that's the main thing you're giving away because the payout, let's be honest, like payout's not great unless you win. It's not. You know, no. uh, you got the classic qualification carried in there. But other than that, like the payout's not awesome. It costs no. just as much to fish those as it does in Elite Series, essentially. You got to be gone that long from home, a lot of travel involved, and, uh, and a lot of expenses. 
And at the end of the day, if you're just going, hey, we're just going to hand out a few spots. And look, I, I want to say that two years ago when everything was pillaged and everything split, like they had no choice but to grab some guys, right? Like yeah, you got to feel I, fit. I that I was different. I agree with that yeah. somewhat. I do agree with that somewhat. Some of the people I'm not necessarily – you know, whatever, but yeah, I understand yeah. that, but yeah. not now. From from a business perspective, they had to do it. They had no choice. Yep. But now, where the Bassmaster Elite Series is, is is at now, you have a ton of great anglers, ton of great stories, great personalities over there. And I think that you diminish those opens, man. The second you start handing out get out of jail free cards, especially to guys that didn't compete in those opens, yep. because oh. it's not an excuse, man. Like you can. Everybody has bad years. Some people have three or four bad years. But it's not an excuse because you've caught them in the past and then you have four bad tournaments. You're like, oh, well, I should be in. No, really. And to me, if that's the qualification standard we've set, then you don't belong in. If you didn't make it through that, then you go back to that. I call it opens purgatory. But you go back to purgatory next year and you fight, 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 fight again. I mean, it's, I agree. it's That's how it, works. it should be. And nah. like you said about, you know, there's not a lot of money in the opens. There's not like if you're fishing the opens to try to, you know, make, I don't know, whatever, win <laughs> yeah. a bunch of money. That's it's not, not there. very light. I mean, like I look at whatever Same I won, with like the Toyota 13, series. Yeah. I won like 12, $13,000 out of there. I guarantee you I didn't come out ahead <laughs> no. and I was, you know, and I got checks in every one of them. So it's like, I didn't do it for that. And my buddy's like, well, are you winning any money in that? It's like, well, I'm a little bit, but I'm not making any money. I'm not fishing the opens to make money. I'm yes. making it, I'm fishing it to make the elites. That's right. That's an investment that I'm making in hopefully my future of fishing. That's right. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, I just, and that's why I'm glad that Christy, Hackney, they did it. They made it. Way they made it. Made it legit. So you know, and they and they are too. They are too. Trust people that are the biggest. You know, they're two of the biggest names in the sport, and they went out there, fished hard, made it. So they earned their way back in. You know, and I I applaud them for that. That's that's a huge deal. So now that should set the tone for the rest of these guys that think they can just come walk back in. I just I don't agree with it. So hopefully they stick to their guns and don't give out any magic legends exemptions <laughs> or whatever they call it. So that's my take on that. I, but. You know, I think that uh, I think after the dust settles the next couple of weeks, I don't think we're going to see any of that from what I'm hearing. I, I don't think so. I think there were some hopefuls that thought that that was going to happen. And I think that that is, uh, you know, that's not going to be the case. I think the list is the list, and I, I'll be shocked. I'll put it that way. I'll be shocked if we see some kind of Willy Wonka golden ticket handed out at this point in the game. And to me, if you're one of those recipients of a Willy Wonka's golden ticket, I couldn't look a dude like Pat Schlopper in the eyes <laughs> and be like, I, I deserve to be here next to you, man. At boat I check, know. I, you know, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do no, that. I, I agree. I, I don't know uh... – how that would be looked at amongst even like, you know, how are they going to look Hackney in the eye or Christie? That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Let alone, let alone me, some turd from, you know, Wisconsin <laughs> that, you know, that they, it's just, I don't know. I, I hope they stick with it and they don't do it in the future. They built a really good field with the people that stuck with it and earned their way back. I think that they're going to get a lot more respect from 
the people watching and all the other anglers if they stick stick with it so totally uh, agree, stick with man. what they say yeah. i totally agree and and uh, i appreciate your honesty on that because i i mean i do you know you're giving up a lot you look at what you sacrificed and you had a you had a great year and and you and you made it happen man and i think that you know you look at atkins you know justin's a, a good friend of mine been knowing justin a lot of years and he had his back against the wall he gave up yep. the bpt thing and you know he could have begged and pleaded and said hey i'm a forest wood cup champion hey i'm this hey i'm that <laughs> but instead he just showed up for eight tournaments and fished his ass off you know and and, and, and he it. did and he and he bounced back and forth that's like right he wasn't, that's right you know he, he had wasn't to, he a had lot to catch that's him. right he had to catch going him in delay that's right going in delay he ha- he had no choice and and i can tell you from speaking with him i mean in practice like dude was worried i mean he was legit worried um just and you know that's and that's the nature of all of us tournament fishing to a certain extent but he's like yeah man i just don't know what's gonna take i don't know what i found oh my god <laughs> you know and yeah. i think he felt a little bit better after day one but uh but he earned it i mean that's the point all you guys earned it and yeah. uh and that's a that's a really big deal man well i gotta say dude i, I really really appreciate you taking the time to come on and and uh i'm glad we finally got to do this and it was it was great getting to uh getting to hear your story firsthand and uh i want to say i hope you i hope you kill it man uh, i'm gonna be pulling for you no doubt about that cool i appreciate it that was fun it's uh, a couple of my buddies that have been listening and watching they're just they every time you would mention my name they just, he <laughs> talked about you again he oh, talked about fun. you again that's fu- so. that's funny yeah dude me and mercer we we've worn out the uh we because because i brought up on one of our shows about federation nation you know not getting enough yep. Uh, yep. publicity and and the bfl all-american that type thing because i do i think it's the those are two championships i think are, are that are equally as hard to win as any other championship just because of the way you got to get to them and then the competition's so fierce and and uh, i think sometimes your your average bass fishing fans just tend to focus on the big you know yep. quote big events and those are big events to me they always will be so so congrats yep. on a hell of a year dude and uh good luck on 2021 it's gonna be it's gonna be fun all right, thanks a lot. I appreciate you having hey, me. Hey, thank on. you. Have a great Christmas. All right, thanks. thanks Pat. Pat Schlopper, we're finding out. Schlopper. Uh, really appreciate Pat coming on. He's uh he's a confident dude. He is very um he's a very good angler. You can I mean you just look at what he did this year. It's very impressive. I'm anxious to see what he does next year. And what an incredible story. Just gives up a career gives up a freaking career man and and i know not everybody can do that not everybody's in that position in life for for one reason or another but uh takes a lot of guts to do what um to do what pat did and i think that uh you know he should be commended for it and i think guys like him guys like matt robertson they're gonna be really interesting stories to watch nationally next year on the bassmaster elite series so thank you to pat and thank you to all of you for watching Low Budget Live every single week and listening to Low Budget Live and LD and the MC. I really, really appreciate it. I'm going to take you guys out with some Biloxi Blues as usual. I hope you all have a great Christmas. As you know, uh, you know, the holidays, it's it's not always an easy time for everybody. Certainly that way around here, we uh, missing... uh, 
Missing Miss Teresa, missing my mom. This is always a rough time of year. She loved Christmas. But uh, so you guys, uh, hope you all have an amazing Christmas. I'll see you Wednesday on LD and the MC for a special Christmas episode of LD and the MC. And until then, have an awesome Christmas, okay? Uh, this will be the last time you'll see my face until after Christmas, so uh, on LBL anyway. So thank you all so much for everything this year. Got one more in 2020. One more LBL in 2020. One more, that's it. One more. Some Biloxi Blues. Be sure to hug your mama. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm going to leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. And I got three good tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.